0: hey everybody welcome back to the behavior pose and outside the bio this is Pierre this is Joe and we are ready to have our first live interview so we've been giving you some teasers over the last week I interviewed Joe he interviewed me and today we've got our first real uh, real guest yeah, but we, before we do that we just want to kind of give you guys a reminder of the questions we're going to be asking and kind of the theme of everything so our whole thing is impact and we break that that down into six questions. So the first question we're gonna ask Heidi, who's our guest today, is about industry. So we're gonna ask her, tell us a little about her industry and what it means to her or anything she wants to talk about. How about you, Joe? Yeah, then
1: we're gonna go right into mentor. We wanna find out who uh, Heidi's current mentor is or who
0: is one person who inspires or motivates her the most. Cool, and then after Joe asks that, I'm going to go into passion. So passion, we want to hear about what's what makes Heidi take, what she's passionate about. That, that could be within her industry, that could be completely outside of it. That's what we love about outside the bio. You might hear something that you weren't expecting to hear. So we'll see what Heidi has to say about that.
1: And then that A is for action. So we want to find out what action steps Heidi has taken uh, towards that goal or uh, making progress towards her
0: most passionate uh, thing that she um, wants to achieve and then it wouldn't be an interview unless we also ask about a challenge. So what's something that maybe Heidi is going through right now or maybe in the last 10 years or something she could think about might be a challenge with this passion. And again, there's no perfect answer with these. So we might go completely left field on you time will tell and then Joe you've got the last yeah, one. Yeah and then we're going to
1: see what is the one thing that she would teach someone like her 20 year old self even though she's only 21 I think so <laughs> I, I mean that wasn't that long ago for her but um, but you know what would she teach her younger self and what's that one thing. My man that
0: was a good segue right there so I like that so I, I, and I think that's my favorite question is what would you tell your 20 year old self or what would you tell maybe tell somebody else based on everything else we've talked about. So that's basically the format, everybody. Um, welcome to our first interview. So we're, uh, next time you hear us, maybe Joe, myself, and Heidi. Hope you guys enjoy it. Thank you. Yeah, man, got a cool. Hello,
1: thank you for joining us on Behavior Bros Outside the Bio. We have Heidi Light as our first guest. Really excited. Uh, you know, we've, um, we've traveled far to get here to our um, you know home base here and we're we're looking forward to this interview so uh, we already talked about impact and, and what that means and how we hope to inspire those who are listening uh, first I'd like to talk about that I in industry just kind of get to know uh, Heidi a little bit so so Heidi can you tell us a little bit about your industry who you are what you do
2: well, like the two of you, I am a board-certified behavior analyst. I've been working with children with special needs for the past 16 years now. Uh, been a behavior analyst for 11, and strangely, uh, I didn't intend on doing that in the first place. I intended on being an art therapist, but really? fate brought me to. Actually, Pierre and I worked together in somewhat of a way 16 years ago yeah, or ago. so at Rutgers and uh, I stayed in the field ever since. Maybe it was Pierre's impact on me that kept me here. But that's good.
1: I'm surprised he didn't scare you away, but, That's what happens to old people, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's good, that's good. I'm glad.
2: So, yeah, so just working with children with uh, mostly developmental disabilities, but I found myself now in some schools. Lower income schools, uh, where I don't work with children with developmental disabilities. It's more counseling on a variety of different issues, and I just love it because I can be used in so many different ways and uh, impact behavior and and people's lives in this way. So.
1: Oh, that's great. It's it's cool, kind of when you shift gears and work with a sort of a new population that you weren't really used to working with. Like, you know. For me, I worked with adults and started off there and then kind of gradually moved towards children. So that's really cool, like when you find like a different, you know, area that you might not have much experience in.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And how has that been for you?
2: It's been great. I mean, times along the way I thought, oh, I really want to work with young kids. I can really, you know, get at their level and play with them. And no, they're so cute. And then I decided that oh, I really like some of these older kids. They're really independent and have a great sense of humor. And then I started working with some adults, which originally I was I was afraid because I'm kind of small, and and I love them. And everyone has their own piece of the pie that they make me fill with love every day. Sure, sure. It,
1: so. No, that's great. I love it. It's it's awesome to kind of hear you talk about. Being passionate, and we'll get to that later, but you know, already hearing your passion uh, you know, for the work that you do.
0: All right, cool, thanks, Joe and Heidi. So, we just talked a little bit about Heidi's industry. So, she said she's a behavior analyst, just like Joe and I are, yes. um, and, and the population she works with. So, the next question on our impact theme is mentor. So, Heidi, uh, your next question is. Who's your current mentor, or is there somebody um, in your past that's been a mentor for you, or inspires you, or motivates you, and uh, maybe along the same lines, has that person, what kind of impact has that person had on you?
2: Uh, So part of me wishes I could rattle off some fancy intellectual, or some fancy name, author of a book, but to be honest with you, I think the best mentor for me has been my spirituality. Um, I've noticed all the anxiety I've ever experienced, and we will talk about this a little bit later, is because I didn't want to fail, or I was afraid of screwing up, and I learned that if you're a good person, you're not going to screw up. Well, if you're a good person and you work hard, you're not going to screw up. So, I think that um, spirituality and relying on, just focusing on being a good person and kind of coming up with a definition every day that's it's not perfected but every day i see people that are great examples for me of how to be a good person how to look at life in a positive way and then i also have some people that are non-examples of being a good person (laughs) that i kind of file those as well examples of things to not do Um, so i would say spirituality as a whole not to preach to anyone, but I would say that's been my biggest guide in
0: life. Um, okay, cool. So you talked about, do you mind if I talk to you about the anxiety for a second? Sure. So you mentioned that. So how did you, how did that happen? So how did you, how did you go from experiencing or challenging, or having that challenge of anxiety and then finding spirituality and, and finding that as a tool for you that that's helped? Like, is there a story behind it or just, did you just kind of trial and error?
2: I have had a lot of roller coasters in my life from, um, Know, seeing parents struggle as a kid seeing parents have health issues having gone through a divorce um, just you know a lot of ups and downs in life and uh, it forced me to kind of be on my own and figure out things on my own and I had a choice to either push forward and figure it out and make it work or cave and give up and giving up wasn't an option so I found uh, I found a lot of people that guided me to, I started going to church and that was kind of gym to me. You know, some people go to the gym every day or, you know, yoga, whatever, but that was kind of my place to kind of remind myself of good habits and how to be a good person. And that, the rest took over.
0: That's awesome. Uh, Joe, I can tell you want to say something, that Yeah, it? no,
1: I think that's great, like when we talk about mentors. Um, you know essentially that person we see professionally is bigger than us right and and we look and we're inspired by that person and they're doing things that maybe we would want to do and it's interesting uh, just hearing hearing you talk about spirituality because in the same sense professionally also personally it's believing in something bigger than yourself right Mm -hmm. which I think is amazing like and I never really thought that I would get that answer when we asked that question but now that I I did get it from you I I kinda look at it in that way so it's um, just as we would talk professionally about that mentor it's it's believing in something that's bigger than yourself and, and kinda carrying you through so
0: um, I, I love that I think that's great uh, I was not expecting that I love that answer and So many things to ask you after this interview. I can't wait to (laughs) chat afterwards. So, um, you guys here right there. So, uh, Heidi's mentor, she talks about how important her spirituality is. Great answer. Love it. That's why I love this this format. I would have never known that about her. No, no way. No way. That's That's a perfect answer. Thanks so much. Thanks, Heidi.
1: Okay, thanks, Beer and Heidi. Um, You know, discussing that different, uh, you know, uh, idea of what a mentor is. And I think (laughs) it's an excellent one. Uh, what I'd like to get into now is passion. Uh, question I have is: What are you most passionate about, and what one thing drives you either personally or professionally each day? Like, what what is that one thing that gets you out of bed each morning, and that you feel really good about?
2: Well, I would say, given I mentioned that I have some anxiety, uh, I don't. I don't want to fail anyone. I want to do the right thing because I feel like that's the safest way to live life. Um, and it gives me less anxiety knowing I'm trying to do the right thing. Um, so, my passion then is, is trying to give other people hope and feel love. Um, kind of works hand in hand with what I do professionally. There's a lot of children that or adults even and, and their families that have lost hope. Um, but there's people that even work with those individuals that are lacking hope or, or I, I think of everyone as having like this tank. Um, and, and this tank is like their love tank and and their tank empties a lot just from like the hits we take on a day-to-day basis. And I feel like through my job and even when I leave work my passion is just to kind of fill everyone's tank to a level that makes them feel like they can keep going. And, and I, you know, I examined why, because I'm a behavior analyst, right, so I want to know what the function of my behavior is. And I don't, I think that truly it makes me happy when, like, someone lights up. And it's not necessarily because I did something to make them, lights light up, it's just because I know what it feels like to have an empty tank and I want to help people avoid having their tank be empty.
1: I love it. Yeah, no, that's great. It's kind of like, um, I know Adam Grant, I don't know if you listened to any of his stuff recently, but uh, he kind of wrote uh, some material and I think he has a book out there uh, and he talks about givers and takers and, and who we are and there's like different types of leaders and just different types of people. And just hearing you talk about that, it obviously sounds like you're more on the giver side and giving and, um, you know, people struggle with that, right? Like, uh, how do I measure myself as being productive or am I making a difference and how do we define that? Like, what does the difference mean? Sometimes people struggle with that. I don't know if that's been your experience as well is, um, you know, am I making a positive impact? Am I making a difference? And... Know, what drives them to continue to move on uh, more than the data sometimes right
2: yeah yeah I mean I, I you know I love when I have a graph that shows behavior is improving and challenging behavior is decreasing I love that that's great but I also love when I'm walking home and someone has a long face and I smile at them and connect and they smile back and they feel like you saw that those little things, I think, mean sometimes more than the graphs and the data and the, you know, extra rewards we might get. Um, It's it's special too, I mean, our job is wonderful in that we can give parents a way to see their child again that's not a burden, but rather that their child brings something great to the world. Um, I think those sorts of things are, again, more valuable to me than... Having a graph with a well, maybe equally valuable. <laughs> having a graph with improving behavior. Um, so, yeah. those
1: are no, kind that, of my no, that's awesome, and it's kind of like we talk about outside the bio, and that's the uh, title of our station here. I mean, for you, it's like you know talking about some things that may be outside the data. It's yes. uh, you know we wish it could be all that simple, and we put up a nice fancy graph that shows a, a nice trend uh, downward and. Uh, trending in the right direction, whatever the case is, and we think that that should be enough, but it's not. And I think it's great to kind of hear that you're able to to want to provide that, that extra filling of the tank there. It's awesome. It's perfect. Thanks.
0: Yeah, thanks so much. Alright guys, so the next question we're going to talk about is action. Heidi just talked about what her passion is. Love that, love tank. Uh, idea, I just kind of like stuck in my head right now. Seeing like <laughs> people's love tanks increasing or decreasing as you're as you're going through your day, so that'll be something I'll um, be thinking about all day. So Heidi, what action or actions have you taken towards your passion, even if it's like a small thing? Um, love to hear about it. So, what are some of the actions you take towards your passion? Well,
2: I would say I try to try. Is keyword here, to keep a little journal every day. Uh, I started either writing on my laptop or just my phone. Just one little thing that I notice, again, filling that person, another person's tank. What what showed a spark in another person? Uh, whether, we were talking a few minutes ago, whether it's like you make eye contact with a person that looks a little disheveled on the sidewalk wh- where most people would ignore. You look at them and you smile and they just light up because you notice them. Um, writing those things down. Um, I like to take a lot of pictures and just kind of look around and see things that are beautiful, um, pick up those little things as much as I can. And Actually I annoy my family because if we go for a walk it's like, hey guys can we just stop, can I just take a picture of this real quick? Um, but those sorts of things help me because I think that they make me build into my routine, catching the beauty and things and when I do have those cruddy days which happen uh, I try to look through those little writings or pictures and remind myself that there are good things everywhere and it helps me to not get bogged down with like those things that are not so good or the things that make me bitter well, this, you know that's a real thing yeah. so. and
0: Do you feel like that helps you snap back a little bit faster? So yesterday totally. I, I posted that posted like, a gratitude journal or something where I read something about writing down a gratitude journal so it sounds like it same thing. I've been doing thing. that for a long time yep. already, so do you find yourself snapping back more quickly when you're having a bad day? If You can look at that journal and say, wow, I helped that person or this picture that I took four weeks ago made me feel better.
2: Yes, absolutely. I mean, we all just like, just like we look at other people with their love tank. We all have a tank and, you know, we can feel down. We can feel defeated. We can feel tired. Um, I know, boy, when I hit 35, I really started to have aches and pains and get tired a lot. Those things really bring yes. me down. Right. Yeah. So
1: you're blowing up my spot. I just told everyone yeah. you're 21. Yeah. Um, yeah, oh that's right. When I turned 21, yeah. So maybe you're blowing up your own spot.
2: So uh, um, yeah. so yeah. So, so like kind of having a joy box or a joy journal or something that just reminds you that uh, it's, it's not so bad and, and things are really great around you, just as much as there might be some, you know, downers too. Just everything in balance
0: that's great um, I read a quote yesterday but I'm reading it, it said if you're reading this book right now you're probably one of the richest people in the history of the planet and you have more things to be grateful for said, wow right you just waking up every morning in America driving a car to work I think Joe you may we mentioned this yesterday yeah, in our conversation yeah. I'm driving a car to work I have a job I wow Yeah. I eat every day and then like I can just start looking up and look at this tree and there's just so much to be happy about. Um, that's that's gotta help. No, and
1: I think it's great. It's um, I, I've been trying to practice being more present and mindfulness. Uh, my my wife uh, took us on a uh, trip to a mindful leadership conference, and it was really interesting. Like, you know, there's this, uh, you know, this whole big, huge following, and and it's great. It's it, and it's something that I've been recently trying to pay more attention to. Is like. Just being present and being aware, and just just being in that moment, uh, and not being so caught up with technology and social media. Uh, I didn't do a good job of it last night, so I kind of just tried to like refocus, right? Because I realized I was on my phone, and uh, well, sometimes my wife is uh, is is a good reminder for me to kind of let me know when I'm slipping in that area, which I love, um, you know, because it's helpful. But yeah, no, I think that's great. It's just being aware uh, when you're more present, and you can be uh, grateful for the things that are around you that you might not have paid attention
0: to before. Yeah. Cool. All right, so there, there you have it, with, uh, Heidi's action steps. Love that. Um, still doing that love thing. Stuck in my head. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Cool.
1: Yeah. Thanks so much, Heidi and Pierre. I appreciate you guys talking about that action and what steps, uh, you know, you're taking towards that, right? So, um, in discussing some of the things that are, uh, you know, ways you fill up someone's tank, I guess, uh, no good deed goes unpunished or, you know, nothing comes easily in life, right? So there's always going to be those challenges or obstacles. Uh, Can you please tell me about, like, what's the biggest challenge or obstacle that you've had to overcome so far?
2: Well, my most favorite answer is that I um, (laughs) could always work on being more efficient. (laughs) Okay. Um, And and I laugh because I don't want to give you a long answer because I'm constantly (laughs) focusing on not being too long-winded and being just efficient with what I want to convey. Um, <laughs> um, but really, I mean, I think I think that that inter is intertwined with the anxiety element. Um, I read a book once that was a life changer. It was called Many Many Lives, Many Masters. And uh, the greatest thing about that book is that we all kind of have our own journey when we're born. And you know, it speaks to, to, some people might get offended for different belief systems that they might have, but I just took away the, the big picture of what's the lesson I'm supposed to learn in this life, and if I don't learn it, I'm gonna come back again, and it's gonna be harder. And uh, I think that the best lesson for me is having, again, having that faith element, um, because I have anxiety. So, yes. you know, not overthinking so much and just faith and just relax it's gonna be fine just be a good person work hard it's gonna be fine Um, but sometimes the anxiety element causes me to ramble or I might give too much information and then I get mad because I'm like oh man I'm not being efficient so I would say those are my challenges and I'm I'm constantly a work in progress trying to kind of work on on those things all together
1: no, I could, I could certainly understand, I mean at least for, for myself efficiency, um, you know, I, I certainly get distracted sometimes by my own thoughts um, or just things that are just, you know, happening and, and it's hard for me to stay focused on whatever that task is, you know, so yeah, efficiency is probably something we all
0: could, could certainly work on. I'm not going to speak for Pierre. Yeah, you can because I think it's the reason you and I found a bond together is are not efficient. <laughs> yes. you have a, you have yeah. The love of talking to other people and motivating people efficiency is not our thing. And that's okay. Yeah, exactly. Well,
2: we'll you get, guys care.
1: Um, we do care. We do care. And we're not worried about time. You know, it'll get done. It'll yeah. get done. But, you know, what's interesting and what I've learned, too, is, um, you know, it's all relative to the things that you're most uh, passionate about, right? So I feel like the things that... I am feeling really good about it. And I you know, I have a sense of purpose and, and it's my why. Uh, I find myself being more efficient at completing or, or doing those tasks and kinda of checking off that task list, uh, proverbial or you know, real for myself. So yeah, that that that's kind of the way I see things and I don't know if you kinda of have that experience as well. As, Where you're more efficient at the things you are passionate about versus those other things that you know you kind of put them on the back burner yeah
2: i I mean i think fluency right like if we're we're proficient at something we're going to be more fluent we're going to get it done more efficiently
0: Um, absolutely certainly
2: that's that's true
0: yeah Oh, that's awesome. That explains why I can never do those those cyber FBAs quickly enough. I'm still not fluent. I'm still not uh, proficient enough. That, yeah, that I'll never be fluent. So uh, yeah. it is
1: Or just any reports or any writing in general. So I'm like,
2: not alone there?
1: No. Yeah.
2: That makes me feel so much better. I'm so not
1: alone. This is a club of we'll probably half the company. I thought you'd like to type and like to, or maybe you just like to read my typing. That I don't like to do, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I appreciate yeah. the feedback. So I think we just learned and that none of us are very proficient, and we all hate to type. No, yes. I <laughs> type. no, so that's why we're going with audio, right? right. So right. Perfect Ooh. for us. We're exactly. just going the audio route. <laughs> all right, so
0: we're on the last question of the day, and it is teach. And this is actually my my preferred question of the six I think right now. So if you can tell us, tell the audience, what's What's one thing, a couple things you would teach someone right now based on some of the things we talked about, innovation, oh, sorry, industry, challenges, actions, or tell us about maybe one thing that you would teach, Heidi 1.0, or what would you call Heidi 1997 or 2007 versus 2017, yeah. being that you're only 21, yeah. you know, yeah. yeah. know, I'm just going to go back a little bit, right. so yeah. go back 10 years or 15 years, or yeah. teaching somebody else.
2: A, it's a hard question to be efficient with um, because I feel like I've had a lot of major life changes in the past 17 years, um, and, and all of which I don't regret anything. I feel like I've learned so much and I've gained such perspective. Um, definitely don't marry before you're 30. That's a good one. Huh, okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I think uh, constantly go along with the evolution of yourself and embrace it. And I think probably the biggest thing for me, uh, I've always been so hard on myself. And as we were just talking, I've been my biggest critic. And I I think now I'm starting to embrace the idea of, like, point out what you screw up. And it's, like, it's cool to point out what you screw up. I mean, as long as it's not like 97% of the things that you do, um, I think that there's a there's something that kind of removes ego when you can pick up the things that you screw up, point them out, and and say, okay, this is how I'm going to improve on it, and I'm going to try to do better with that. Um, I, I work. We all. Know a woman in our field, Angela Chambers, who probably has been one of the greatest... Angela and my husband um, have been the greatest kind of models for that, for me, is that they'll just model, oh, I screwed that up, or I'm terrible with that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna work on getting better at that. And I always admire when I see them saying that and actually following through on, on working on that thing. So I would say if that were one thing, to answer efficiently. It would be admit when you screw up and don't get so upset about it. It's just oh, make light of it, make a joke about it. Um, self-deprecation, self-deprecating, um, is cool these days. I think it makes you more humble, and, and I just absolutely respect people that are humble and modest instead of people that profess they never screw up and you know they're responsible for everything good that happens.
0: Yeah. Like you brought got anxiety before, I feel like that would help decrease your anxiety if you were to admit that you're not good at something where you made a mistake early on in the process instead of trying to make it seem like you do know what you're doing and make it pretend for another two months. You say, oh yeah, I, I just messed this up. And like you said, part two is then actually working on it. So not just like saying I, I messed this up a hundred times, but then having plan. and
2: you know, those are the, the, the best lessons I've learned so far and the things I really try to hold on to, um, continually trying to improve on. Because it's hard to say that you screwed up. It's hard to fail. You know. But admitting it and, and then just not sweating it so much, just fix it or work on it. Yeah. Make light of it and everything's going to be okay.
1: Yeah, I always, um, you know, I always respect or or appreciate in someone else when they're willing to make fun of themselves yeah
2: um,
1: and I love that because I like to be able to do that for for myself you know like I've kind of been dealing with some things and uh, you know with my eye here and having some issues and uh, you know being able to like see and, and things like that and I just try to like point it out and make you know kind of make light of it or you know kind of what direction I'm looking in or whatever the case is and kind of have fun with it that way, and it's just, um, it, it's helpful to do that, like, it, and I, I don't know, it just makes me feel good to be able to kind of make fun of myself, and I
0: appreciate what other people do it as well,
2: yeah, I'm
0: glad to uptight, You're everybody, man, all right, so this was our first full episode with Heidi and Joan the Behavior Girls on Outside the Body, we thank you, Heidi, for a great episode,
1: uh, thanks so much, Heidi, it was great talking to you today,
2: likewise.